Staying in Contact, I'm London Mitchell. Some of the most fascinating stories can be found in the history of our area of Northwest Ohio. From Toledo's experiences with the Purple Gang, to the great battles with Native Americans, to the unique personalities that helped our area define itself. And that's the foundation of our discussion in this episode as we chat with author and storyteller Ted Long. When we started our conversation, I had to ask why he, who is not a native-born Toledoan, has developed such a passion for telling Toledo stories. I think it's the it's the the backstory of Toledo that really drew me in. You know, um, there's just everywhere you look, there's some interesting story about why this happened and who was involved. And I, I think the characters and the, um, I guess, determination of some of the, you know, people involved in the stories just all kind of wrap you up. And pretty soon you find yourself just enamored of all that. And for me, I, I'm a, I'm an avid reader. So I just kind of get sucked in and I start pulling in all the information and it's um, it's become a passion. When you talk about characters in Toledo history, give me some some examples, uh, a person or two. Uh, You know, one who's not a native Toledoan, but certainly considered part of Toledo history and Toledo lore is um, Michael Owens. What a character. Uh, Here's a guy who starts off from what I understand, working in coal mines in uh, Appalachia for becoming what's referred to as a glass monkey. Um, the, the children that worked in the uh, hot glass shops, um, running you know, bottles back and forth to the annealers, to becoming supervisor and manager, to moving up to Toledo for Mr. Libby and getting involved and then inventing the bottle machine and all these other things. All from a guy who I don't think he had more than like what uh, eighth grade education. It's um, just a character. I mean, someone who who kind of you know it's kind of something you hear all the time, but literally lifted himself up by his own bootstraps and just made it happen. There are there are so many names that I fear have been lost to history: uh, Jessup Scott, Peter Navarre, Roy Start. We have buildings and streets named after people that I think, for the most part, we don't know who these people were. Oh, that's so true. I mean, you know, I, uh, I'm a docent out at uh, Woodlawn Cemetery in Arboretum, and uh, we just did a Civil War tour out there a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, it's just, I mean, it, it, just walking through Woodlawn is a, is a wonderful experience. It's a beautiful beautiful natural space and then every turn you make there's a name that you recognize Reynolds, Seacor, Flower, Stranahan but you really know the stories behind all those and um, I think you're right a lot of people recognize the names but I don't, I'm not sure they recognize the stories that go with them and that's one of the things I enjoy is is telling those stories to even people who are born and raised here and then watching a light bulb go off over the top of their head and they go I didn't know you know, I, and that's one of my favorite experiences when you share something with someone that they didn't know before about 
their hometown. One of my favorite tours is the Unholy Toledo Tour, which is a great look at Toledo's association with organized crime. I, I started doing tours for Leadership Toledo like 20 years ago. Uh, once a year, we do an all-day uh, regional tour on bus. And every time I finished, I'd have five or six people come up and say, is this written down somewhere? I want to share it with my family or I want to take my kids on this tour. So I finally started writing it down. And then I started doing tours by bus for the Toledo History Museum. I, I developed the Unholy Toledo Tour. And I found myself like, you know, we sold out every time we did it. And it was just crazy uh, trying to make it to all the, you know, uh, dates and be on the bus and be there physically doing the tour. So we moved to this new solution called VoiceMap, which is a GPS-based digital audio tour system. Um, they're actually out of uh, Cape Town, South Africa, and uh, they've done tours all over the world, uh, from Australia to Europe to Asia, and just really kind of breaking into the United States now. And I think we have about 10 different tours on the voice map app. now. And you download the voice map app for free on the uh, iPhone or Droid. And um, it goes up to the satellite, comes back down and says, okay, you're in Toledo. Here's the tours available closest to you. And you select the one you want. They're anywhere from $3 to $10 and off you go. And because they're GPS based, I know where you're at. So as you're driving or walking, I'll say, stop here, turn to your right. This is where so-and-so, such-and-such happened. And it's, for me, just a great way to, get, to share the stories. And, and um, I think for the user, it's just, an, uh, it's almost like a, a walking podcast. Uh, it just immerses you in the story and you're outside or in your car and you're just, you're right there listening to what happened at that time. In, back in history. Now, for the people that may be listening this morning and do not know uh, where the term unholy Toledo originated, give us some background before we talk about the tour. Well, Unholy Toledo was actually the name of a book um, written several decades ago by uh, a local lawyer who was involved with some of the things that were going on in Toledo back in the early 30s when the Likavoli gang came down from the Detroit area and basically took over Toledo for a few years from roughly 1931 through 1933. Um, These were the mob guys. Mob guys, uh, the, the Purple Gang, as some called them, or the Downriver Gang from uh, Downriver. And um, it's a fascinating era in Toledo history. Um, I think what's more interesting, you know, it's not just that short period of time when Likavoli was down here with the gang, but the whole concept of Toledo before that in the 20s being wide open, um, this place where everybody was paid off. There, there were no gang wars. There were no gangland murders. There was gambling. There was prostitution. There was, there was um, you know, speakeasies and booths during Prohibition. But everybody just decided that, you know, if we don't cause a lot of trouble, um, no one's going to, you know, no one's going to get in the middle of this. So as, as long as everybody was being paid off and we weren't being violent, everybody kind of got in on the game. And so from, you know, the 20s, I, I guess the well, best way I like to describe it is 
Jimmy Breslin said that the Roaring Twenties were born in Toledo, Ohio, on July 4th, 1919, at the Dempsey Willard fight. And believe it or not, Ohio, a lot of folks don't realize, passed prohibition before the rest of the United States. So when that fight went off on 4th of July, 1919, we were actually in prohibition. And that's when it all started. And it was an unholy era <laughs> for, for this you know, community, but one in which it's just fascinating, the characters, the stories, the backstories. It's, it's pretty interesting. I think most people born here think our past is pretty boring. Yeah, I, and that's one of the fun parts about when we used to do the Unholy Toledo tour by bus. You know, I'd roll up on the old central post office, for example, and tell the story of the largest robbery in Toledo history where some, you know, thugs got away with over a million dollars in uh, the early 20s. Um, I mean, you can just imagine them, you know, stealing this Studebaker and rolling up on the post office and making everybody get on the floor and they get away with the money. The federal authorities get involved. There's jailbreaks. I mean, the, the stories are fascinating. Wait a minute. That was that was not necessarily the biggest robbery in Toledo history. Wasn't that the biggest post office robbery ever? It may have been. I think you might be right, London. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it back, today's dollars, that'd be about 12 million bucks. They, got it. Now, they did eventually get most of it back but and captured everybody. But it was, I mean, when you go back and look at the old newspapers, I mean, it was New York Times. It was all over the newspapers, all over the country. What was it about Toledo that was so attractive? Yanni Licavoli had just come out of prison. He had served a, a short term for a weapons violation in Windsor. And um, Detroit was exploding with mob violence. There was a the purple gang, was, you know, all over the place at that time. And there were other gangs as well. And they were all kind of taking turns uh, stealing each other's booze, and then that, and then they would, you know, take, get their vengeance back through, you know, shootings and killings. So Detroit was just a mess at that time, uh, early 30s. And then you have Fire Talk Sultan, who was um, a former John Dunkel, you know, newsboy who came up through Dunkel's um, program, who kind of wanted to make himself kind of a power broker in Toledo by then. And he invited Licavoli down, and they met where today we know is the uh, the uh, the villa up on Dixie Highway. At that time, that was owned by um, Jimmy Hayes and was known as a speakeasy. And that it so consoled them the idea that look, Toledo's wide open. Everybody's paid off. Um, there's nobody here who's going to violently oppose you because that's just not in their nature down here. It's easy pickings. You're, you're very close. You're right on the lake. Uh, you're going to be able to bring booze in and out through the lake in the, in the uh, Maumee River. You're still close to Detroit. I mean, it had a lot of factors going in. in, in. And then the other one is it had a huge clientele of people who were used to gambling and booze because uh, Toledo was, was wide open. So it, had, it offered a lot of um, amenities. And uh, as I said, they had quite a salesperson in, in Fire Talk Sultan. Tell us really quickly, at least right now, what somebody on the unholy Toledo tour will experience. 
Well, it starts downtown and kind of rolls through um, a number of the gambling establishments that were available at that time. A number of um, walks right through, takes you right to where a murder took place where uh, the Wicca Bully Gang was tried to kill Jack Kennedy and unfortunately killed his girlfriend instead on the corner of Superior and Jackson. It, again, this is the places you drive by all the time. You would never know this was the site of a mob hit. Um, and all of that is shared. We then cruise you up towards the um, uptown district and tell some stories there about different um, aspects of the era of the Wicca gang. And then we also get into the post office robbery in the early 20s. And then eventually we take you over to Point Place and show you where Jack Kennedy was murdered uh, in July of um, 33. And uh, that pretty much um, kind of, I guess, culminated that whole Wicca situation because that's when you know, essentially, uh, Fraser Reams and the legal system got involved and said, you know, in the city of Toledo, police, uh, everybody decided well, enough's enough and we've got to put a stop to this. And then we explain as you drive back to Point Place, kind of the end of the arc, you know, uh, of the arc of the story and how the law finally took over. But we eventually take you out to the largest casino in North America, which came after that which was Club Devon, which is uh, north of Alexis. And that's where it ends. We'll continue our discussion with self-proclaimed history geek Ted Long next week. In the meantime, find out more about the self-guided tours and Ted's blog at holytoledohistory.com. I'm London Mitchell. Thanks for joining me, and I hope you'll be with us again next week at this same time as we continue staying in contact.